Joe Biden hangs out with all of his friends at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Jeffrey Epstein's personal calendar drops, and the names on it are surprising. And RFK Jr. gains on Joe Biden in the Democratic primaries. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So it's the worst event of the year. Well, other than the State of the Union. I hate the State of the Union, but this one may be even worse. The State of the Union is about the monarchic institution of the presidency and the legislature pretending that we actually have a constitutional monarchy in some in some way. The White House Correspondents' Dinner is just a perfectly open celebration of the elite class who scratch each other's back. And it's really disgusting. It's truly gross. It's like the Met Gala, except if the Met Gala actually included journalists and Republicans and Democrats all getting together to prove the thesis that there is, in fact, a quote-unquote uni-party of elites who really like each other and hang out behind closed doors and actually don't care very much about the people they are supposed to represent. Remember, all of these people are supposed to be representing you, right? The press are supposed to be out there asking hard questions of all politicians so that you, the consumer, the voter, you get the choices that you have been promised. The politicians, they are supposed to be your representatives, representing your opinions in the hall of power, representing your interests in the halls of power. Instead, they're all getting together and they're patting each other on the back and then they're rewarding each other for having patted each other on the back. And, and it really is like the Hollywood elites and the journalistic elites and the media elites, they, they all get together with the political elites and then they demonstrate that they're all part of the blob, right? When people talk about the blob in Washington, D.C., this is what they are talking about. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with having friends who are across the political aisle from you. There isn't. There's nothing wrong with going to confabs with people you disagree with so that you can speak with them about the matters of disagreement and maybe give them your point of view. There is something wrong with people all getting together to celebrate why they are so superior to everyone else and none of the standards apply to them. And that's what the White House Correspondents' Dinner has turned into pretty much every year. It's why Donald Trump, to his credit, boycotted the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Also, he was willing to recognize, as apparently many other Republicans are not, that the White House Correspondents' Dinner is just a place where people hate Republicans, at least hate conservatives, hate people who do not follow the party line. And so Trump was like, I'm just not in. I'm not going to go because it's just the same thing as a Comedy Central Democratic Party roast. But a bunch of Republicans showed up to this one. And you can tell who's who by who showed up. According to Politico, Brittany Griner showed up with Gail King, RNC chair Ronna McDaniel, Walked over to DNC Chair Jamie Harrison, their first in-person meeting. Kellyanne Conway chatted with Maine Governor Janet Mills. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer posed with Julia Fox in black swan makeup. NRCC Chair Richard Hudson became starry-eyed when he met Justin Hartland from his all-time favorite TV show, This Is Us. A climate activist obstructed Ron Klain's path into the Hilton. Tennessee State Representative Justin Pearson confronted a woman for pushing his fiancée. Stars and reporters at the Fox News table looked uncomfortable during jokes about Tucker Carlson. Jonathan Carl chatting with Anthony Fauci, Anthony Blinken talking to Dasha and Yulia Navalnaya, Jeff Nussbaum chowding with Chris Sununu. It's all the glitterati and they're all together because they are all part of the same general coterie. And parties are parties, but this is a public party and it is designed to demonstrate to the American public that these are the members of your governing class. It all feels very Hunger Games. All these people getting together and patting themselves on the back for just how much they actually like each other. Like underneath it all, we like each other. Now, here's the question. What common values unite these people, right? If you're going to have an event where everybody gets together and then, again, they sort of discuss the issues from a variety of different viewpoints, that's a different thing. But if you're talking about an event that just celebrates what we share and the thing that you share is that you all make a lot of money and that you all share a common political viewpoint, which is generally socially liberal, and that you all generally share a, a widespread belief that you are sort of superior to the common man, don your tux. You go to a place where they give you all sorts of swag and, and really nice dinners. And then you listen to famous comedians talking and you're sitting at the same people with uh, same table with people who you supposedly are fighting day in and day out. It all looks like a bit of a sham, doesn't it? It all looks like a bit of a sham. Just to introduce you to what the White House Correspondents Dinner is. This is kind of symbolic. This whole thing is, is very symbolic. So here is John Legend walking into this thing with Chrissy Teigen in the background. You can see a bunch of left-wing protesters carrying signs that say Biden and fossil fuels. And the left-wing glitterati, who presumably took a private jet in from Los Angeles, they are walking through this crowd. And Chrissy Teigen is having her train, she has a dress with a train, handled by a couple of servants, like a couple of people who work for her as she walks through the crowd toward the White House Correspondents' Dinner. There you can see it. And you got some trans protesters over there. 
some, they're just walking right through, and there she is having her train held by not one, not two, but three separate people who are holding her train as she walks into this event in Washington, D.C. And just to demonstrate how close are the connections between all the people who are in the room, at the very top of the White House Correspondents' Dinner, ABC News' Karen Travers gave an award to the Washington Post Matt Visor as like the best journalist and the journalist of the year. And what exactly did Matt Visor report on? I'll let her explain. Aldo Beckman Award for Overall Excellence in White House Coverage is named for a former association president, the late Chicago Tribune correspondent Aldo Beckman. This year, the award goes to Matt Visor of the Washington Post. The ju- The judges said Matt Visor stood out among his competitors for work that went beyond the humdrum of covering the managed events of the presidency and the White House. Visor captured the spirit of Joe Biden, particularly with stories about the president's brother and how his Catholic faith influenced his strategic vision of the office. So for kiss-assery, the award goes to Matt Visor of the Washington Post. And then Matt Visor of the Washington Post, he gets up, he accepts the award, and then he's making kissy face with Joe Biden. This is the relationship between the press and the Democratic administration. And by the way, half of the Republicans, apparently. This is the relationship, and it's really gross. And you wonder why the outsider appeal of people like Donald Trump was so big in 2016. It is because of this thing. It is because there are many of us out here who take politics quite seriously and who actually care about the policies that emerge from Washington, D.C. And don't understand why these people, why John Legend and Chrissy Teigen and Matt Visor and Joe Biden are the people who are sort of controlling how policy works in the country and why idiot Republicans would go to this thing and then go along with it. Like, why? What is the point of it? What is, is the hobnobbing making the world better? Again, this was not an exchange of ideas. This is a celebration of what we share in common. What do you share in common? What is it that you share in common? Do you share in common the perspective of the great leader? As we'll see, Joe Biden did, did a quote-unquote comedy routine that was not particularly comedic. We'll get to that momentarily first. President Trump recently issued a warning from Mar-a-Lago. He said, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which would be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. Now, The reality is that the dollar is, in fact, softening as of late. There are three reasons central banks are starting to move away from the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt, which, of course, are all related to one another. There's one asset that you can rely upon to withstand famine, war, political and economic upheaval. This goes back thousands of years. This, of course, is gold. I have gold from Birch Gold in preparation for uncertain economic times, and you can trust them as well. You can own gold in a tax shelter retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's correct. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. The best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Well, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Neither do you, which is one reason why you should diversify. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Again, text Ben to 989898 today. Diversification is your smart financial strategy. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so... The White House Correspondents' Dinner, again, the reason I'm spending a lot of time on this is because the White House Correspondents' Dinner is indicative of the nature of American politics. An elite glitterati who have merged Hollywood, journalism, and the Democratic Party. And they all work in tandem with one another. This is why Barack Obama, who is a politician, has a Netflix deal in Hollywood. It is why Hollywood makes movies about journalists who then cover D.C. It's all the blob. It's all the same. And there are many blobs in D.C. You know, you've heard Donald Trump talk about the blob of the State Department and and the administrative state. Agreed. All of that is true. But all of those people are worshiping at the altar of the of the smaller, higher class blob. And the White House Correspondents' Dinner is within the, the radius of a few hundred yards. That Correspondents' Dinner is 
the cultural blob that from, from which virtually all big ideas spring and where consensus is created that is very different from the consensus of the American people. And so the person who was the, the MC was a person named Robert Wood Jr. I, I guess I'd never heard of this person. I guess this guy is on Comedy Central and he's done some guest spots on Trevor Noah's Comedy Central program. So he is a, a fraction of the fame of Trevor Noah who had like seven viewers in the first place, which means that they love him over in Washington, D.C. So here he was introducing Joe Biden at the, at the White House Correspondence Center. Y'all give it up for Dark Brandon. <laughs> happy to be here. Oh, real quick, Mr. President, I think you left some of your classified documents up here. You can get to the... <laughs> Roy Wood Jr., rather. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how little I know about this human being. CNN, meanwhile, is off stage doing the red carpet thing because, again, there's no difference between e-entertainment and CNN. They're all the same. Here is CNN covering the White House Correspondents' Dinner as Joe Biden surprises them by getting up to the podium. Now I want to toss back to one of my favorite reality TV stars, uh, John Berman and uh, Jessica Dean. Uh, thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, Phil is. Oh, there's the president right there walking into the ballroom at the Capitol Hilton. President Roy Wood, we already saw up there uh, on the dais, the vice president as well. And now the president himself has there. Uh, Harry, if we still have you Do as we we're watching this. You? Yes. Uh, Harry, will you just ask Phil if he hasn't walked away who he's wearing tonight? Did you hear that question, Phil? Who are you wearing? It's so obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. Hollywood is Hollywood. Journalism should be journalism. The politicians should be the politicians, but they're not. They're all the time. You know who knows that? Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he is going to exploit that to the hilt. So Biden gets up and he does a half quasi-comedy routine and half a stump speech. So he begins by talking about how the free press is a pillar of American democracy. Of course, by free press, he means people who just are stenographers for him. He means the Praetorian Guard who, who prevent him from having to answer any difficult questions. Of course, he thinks they're pillars of democracy because they never ask him a tough question. They allow him to get away with everything. In fact, half of his routine was laughing at the press for not asking him tough questions. Here was Joe Biden last night. Jill, Kamala, Doug, and I, and members of our administration, are here to send a message to the country and, quite frankly, to the world. The free press is a pillar, maybe the pillar of free society, not the enemy. Well, they're not your enemy. I mean, they're not even your opponents. They're in your pocket. They literally submit their questions, as we found out last week, in advance to you so you can write them on note cards because you cannot speak English because you are no longer mentally functional. And then Joe Biden did this routine where he pretended that he cares deeply, apparently, about a Wall Street Journal reporter who's been kidnapped and held essentially for ransom by the Russian government. Uh, Joe Biden was willing to trade the merchant of death for a basketball player. Don't worry, he talked about that too. But he began by expressing sympathy for the Wall Street Journal reporter's parents who showed up to this thing. To Evan's parents, Ella, Mikhail, and sister Danielle, as I've told you in person, we, not just me, we all stand with you. That is Evan Gershkovich. He's not training anybody for Evan Gershkovich so far as I'm aware, but he did champion his own genius in freeing Brittany Griner. This was very important to him, obviously. Tonight, unlike last year, Brittany Griner's here with her wife, Cheryl. <laughs> Brittany, where are you, kid? Stand up. Come on. I love this woman. Can I just point out that they are giving a standing ovation to a woman who was arrested in Russia for bringing drugs into the country, and then we had to trade an actual terror supplier to free this person? I, I, you, may, you may think that that was a good deal. I don't think that was a great trade. That was like the only WNBA trade anyone has ever cared about. But putting that aside, does, does the person who was freed deserve the plaudits? Like, I, I just don't understand the logic there. Obviously, listen, it's all about the journalists who are applauding. They're really not applauding Brittany Griner. I mean, Brittany Griner didn't do anything. They're applauding Joe Biden, obviously. Okay, then we'll get to, in one second, we're gonna get to Joe Biden and the press. And they are just, their lips have been surgically glued to Joe Biden's ass. And he knows it. And he is willing to gyrate around with their lips connected to his ass in the most bizarre fashion. They're just going with it because they don't have a choice. Or if they do, they don't seem to care. Get to that momentarily first. If you run a small business, you need to plan ahead. One of the best ways to do that is by using stamps.com to help mail and ship. 
Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels directly from your home or office. It's ready to go in just minutes so you can get back to running your business sooner. Stamps.com offers rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. Get access to the shipping services you need to run your business directly from your computer. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. You can print postage wherever you do business. They will even send you a free scale, so you'll have everything you need to get started. Here at Daily Wire, we don't waste our time. We've been using Stamps.com since like 2017. Do the same thing that we do. Set your business up for success. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the page, enter code Shapiro. Again, you don't need to schlep all your packages down to the post office and then pay more money than you would with Stamps.com. Instead, just use Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the page and enter promo code Shapiro. Okay, so Joe Biden did this long routine at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And this one clip really sums up his relationship with the press. He is mocking them. They don't understand that he's mocking them. They think he's mocking him. He's actually mocking them. Here we go. A lot of ways this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. And the entire press is laughing, and he's grinning at them. Of course he's grinning at them I mean, as, he, as he gradually turns into... I mean, it, watching Joe Biden is like a slow-motion replay of that scene from Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade after the guy drinks the wrong cup of wine. You know, you, you just, it's like a slow-motion. You know, like His hair is getting longer. <laughs> it's, very, it's very odd. And he's like grinning weirdly at the audience, and they're all like, yeah, it's true, it's so true, he does walk away. That's an indictment of you, you morons. It's an indictment of you. You're the ones who are supposed to be asking him questions, and you're sitting there laughing about the fact that he is willing to walk away from you without answering any tough questions. He saved virtually all of his ire for all the people who are critical of him in the media, obviously. He had pretty much nothing to say about all the people he is fans of. So he had a joke about NPR. The joke was not about NPR. The joke was about... Elon Musk. Somehow he made a joke about NPR, which is one of the most perverse and foolish news outlets in America, government funded. And uh, and he has nothing to say. NPR is great. The only problem is Elon Musk. Here we go. I love NPR. I'm sure you do. Because they whisper into the mic like I do. Well, not everybody loves NPR. Elon Musk tweeted that it should be defunded. Well, the best way to make NPR go away is for Elon Musk to buy it. (laughs) And that's more true than you think, anyway. I will say that this about Joe Biden's comedic chops. The dude has a habit of telling a joke and then taking a brick to the head of the joke after he's told it. He does it nearly every time. He tells a joke and then he's like, I'm not joking, I'm not joking. Hi, it's smarter than you think. Okay, Rodney Dangerfield. So uh, so Joe Biden continued along these lines. Other opponents of his he targeted during this particular White House Correspondents Center, Tucker Carlson. This dinner is one of the two great traditions in Washington. The other one is underestimating me and Kamala. Cheer, he's the best, guys. Uh, but the truth is, uh, <laughs> we really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. And then the crowd, ah ha 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 ha, because because Tucker got got fired. Ah ha 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 ha. What a delight this president is. He's he's just he's amazing. He also had jokes for Ron DeSantis. Now, one of the things that was kind of fascinating about this White House correspondence routine from Joe Biden. He mentioned Donald Trump once, and it was only in the context of age. He had no harsh words, no harsh jokes, really, for Donald Trump. Virtually every joke was about somebody that he would like to see not Ron, Ron DeSantis. Here he was going after DeSantis. At Ron DeSantis, I had a lot of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis jokes ready. But Mickey, but Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me and got there first. <laughs> Now, look, can't be too rough on the guy. They're so happy. After his re-election as governor, he was asked if he had a mandate. He said, hell no, I'm straight. 
That's straight. I'll give you time to think that one through. There he goes, hitting the joke in the head with, with the brick right after it. I'll give you time to think You got it, you got it. So first of all, very bad jokes, but the crowd loves it. The crowd's eating it up because they're all part of the same constituency. He's speaking to... This crowd is the same as a rally crowd for Joe Biden, which should tell you something about the nature of our media. Like, I don't know who finds this funny. I find it not only off-putting, but enraging. You know, all these people are doing amazing. They did amazing during the pandemic. None of them lost their jobs. They, did, they don't care that your business got shut down. They don't care you couldn't visit grandma while she was dying in the hospital. They don't care that they were going to force you to vax in order to work. All of them were on the same boat. All of them. They don't care right now that Joe Biden is using the DOJ to try to trans the children. They don't care about any of that. They're all in the same boat. They're all friends. They're all buddies. They'll work in the same circles. There's a good case at this point, as I've said before, now that we have remote voting, we should actually just do that. We should make everybody go back to your home districts and you actually have to live there if you're a politician. And if you're a journalist, you shouldn't be centralized in New York. You should be out reporting from the area you're supposed to be covering. But we don't do that anymore. And then, of course, again, a lot of jokes about Fox News. Here is Joe Biden, this clip 10, going after Fox News. Look, it's great the cable news networks are here tonight. MSNBC owned by NBC Universal. Fox News owned by Dominion Voting Systems. Last year. Your favorite Fox News reporters were able to attend because they were fully vaccinated and boosted. This year, with that $787 million settlement, they're here because they couldn't say no to a free meal. And hell, I'd call Fox honest, fair, and truthful, but then I could be sued for defamation. <laughs> as opposed to his friends at CNN, who are the best. They're the best. Get some more from Joe Biden at the White House Correspondence Center being a funny, funny man in just one second first. There's certain things in life that you do to protect your family. Right? You get life insurance, you save for a rainy day fund, and you write a will. Writing a will is really important because God forbid something happens to you, you don't want the state deciding who gets your assets. Epic will is for people who are building their estate, people who are just getting started. You break the will now, and then you're not going to have to worry about it later. Epic will provides a simple, secure platform to create a legally binding will in just minutes. Their user-friendly interface allows you to easily customize your will and ensure that your assets are distributed according to your wishes. Unlike traditional law firms that charge high fees for will drafting, Epic Will services are affordable and transparent with no hidden costs or surprises. All you need to do is fill out their step-by-step -step form that'll help you create your last will and testament, living will, healthcare, and financial power of attorney in as little as five minutes for just 119 bucks. Having a will can ensure that your wishes are carried out after you pass away and may provide peace of mind for both you and your loved ones. Go to epicwill.com slash Shapiro to save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com slash Shapiro. Again, epicwill.com slash Shapiro. My wife and I have a will. You should have a will as well. It's just the responsible thing to do. Epicwill.com slash Shapiro to save 10%. We'll get some more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. Okay, so Joe Biden has harsh words for Tucker Carlson, has harsh words for Ron DeSantis. And his only joke about CNN is that uh, CNN doesn't have amazing ratings. See, the problem with Fox News is that they're wildly dishonest, according to Joe Biden. The problem with CNN, who, again, are just his press office. The big problem for them is that they're poor. Look, I hope the Fox News team finds this funny. My goal is to make them laugh as hard as CNN did when they read the settlement. 
But then again, CNN was like, wow, they actually have $787 million? Whoa. Maybe it's the only decent joke of the night. Okay, so Biden then concluded with a whole lecture about the press. And his whole lecture about the press is how wonderful the press is. And of course he thinks the press is wonderful. They are in his pocket, literally. He literally has their questions in his pocket. He is able to evade all scrutiny because he's a member of the Coterie. If you're a member of the Coterie, you get away with it. If you're, a, if you're a normal person and you ask a tough question of a Democratic presidential candidate, they will wreck your life. Ask Joe Wurzelbacher. You remember Joe the Plumber back in 2008? Committed the great sin of asking Barack Obama a question about tax policy. You remember this? And then they wrecked his life. They went after him on like a personal level and dug up his tax records. You remember that? If you have, if you have the temerity to ask a difficult question of a Democrat, as a common man, the press will investigate you. But if you're the president of the United States, the press will give you an award for writing pieces like Matt Visor about how wonderful the president of the United States is. They are all the same. But here's Joe Biden talking about in the most hypocritical, gross fashion. Oh, the truth matters. It matters so much. The truth matters. As I said last year at this dinner, a poison is running through our democracy and parts of the extreme press. Truth buried by lies and lies living on as truth. Lies told for profit and power. Lies of conspiracy and malice repeated over and over again. Designed to generate a cycle of anger, hate, and even violence. A cycle that emboldens History to be buried, books to be banned, children and families to be attacked by the state, and the rule of law and our rights and freedoms to be stripped away. And where elected representatives of the people are expelled from state houses for standing for the people. I made clear that we know in our bones, and you know it too. Our democracy remains at risk. Okay, so this is just a campaign speech. And the, and the crowd are journalists. And they're all clapping because they agree with the campaign. If they had any balls at all, they would actually be asking him questions about the things that he is saying right now. And they never do. So, for example, he says in this one clip, there are a bunch of lies. Line number one, he says, a cycle that emboldens history to be buried. So, apparently... That, is, that would be the Republicans who are trying to bury history by avoiding teaching critical race theory, which is not history. Somebody should ask him, which history are they actually trying to bury? Which history are they rewriting? Because it seems to me that you are rewriting American history when you suggest that American history is rooted inherently in racism. And when you say that critical race theory is the same as teaching history, you are lying. That's line number one. Books to be banned. Okay, so I want to ask Joe Biden, which books are they trying to ban? Which books? If you mean that children should not be subjected to genderqueer, a book with gay pornography in it, then yeah, are you in favor of that? So that'd be lie number two. Children and families to be attacked by the state. Which children and families are being attacked by the state? Do you mean, sir, that the children and families are being attacked by the state if doctors are not allowed to genitally mutilate and hormonally sterilize children? So that'd be lie number three. This is in one sentence. The rule of law and our rights and freedoms to be stripped away. Which rule of law and which rights and freedoms? Are you talking again about this Jim Crow 2.0 nonsense from Georgia where you pretend that Republicans are trying to stop people from voting? So that's line number four. That is in one sentence. Will journalists ask Joe Biden about any of that crap? Of course not, because they're on his side. They're on his side. And then line number five, elected representatives of the people are expelled from state houses for standing for the people. Wrong. They are not. They are expelled from state houses for violating the law and the rules of the legislature. Again, when Republicans who back Donald Trump riot and go into the Capitol building, you arrest them and you put them in jail for years on end. When members of the State House in Tennessee go on the floor with a loudspeaker and embolden people to trespass and then they're expelled, then you say that this is a violation of their rights. Explain. But nobody asked for an explanation because they're all on Joe Biden's side. They're all on Joe Biden's side. And Joe Biden knows this. He knows this. And again, this is all part and parcel of the generalized angst that the American people, the American voter, have with our elite class. And they are an elite class. They're the people who hang out together and who pat each other's back and who consider each other close friends. And so the question is, are these friendships despite political differences or are these friendships because the political differences don't actually matter very much? Because they don't actually have political differences. Another indicator of just how close this elite class is, 
comes courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, the nation's spy chief, a longtime college president and a top woman in finance, the circle of people who associated with Jeffrey Epstein years after he was a convicted sex offender is wider than previously reported, according to a trove of documents that includes his schedules. William Burns, director of the CIA since 2021, had three meetings scheduled with Epstein in 2014 when he was deputy secretary of state, the documents show. They first met in Washington and then Burns visited Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. By the way, this is long after the allegations that Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein was trafficking young girls. Catherine Rumler, a White House counsel under Barack Obama, had dozens of meetings with Epstein in the years after her White House service and before she became a top lawyer at Goldman Sachs. Epstein planned for her to join a 2015 trip to Paris and a 2017 visit to Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. That would be the Rape Island. Leon Botstein, president of Bard College, invited Epstein, brought a, who brought a young female guest, to the campus. Noam Chomsky was scheduled to fly with Epstein to have dinner at Epstein's Manhattan townhouse in 2015. None of their names appear in Epstein's now public black book of contacts or in the public flight logs of passengers who traveled on his private jet. The documents show Epstein arranged multiple meetings with each of them after he had served jail time in 2008 for a sex crime involving a teenage girl and was registered as a sex offender. The documents, which include thousands of pages of emails and schedules from 2013 to 2017, have not been previously reported. Most of those people told the journal they visited Epstein for reasons relating to his wealth and connections. Several said they thought he had served his time and rehabilitated himself. Botstein said he was trying to get Epstein to donate to his school. Chomsky said he and Epstein discussed political and academic topics. Burns met with Epstein about a decade ago as he was preparing to leave government service, said CIA spokeswoman Tammy Cooperman Thorne. The director didn't know anything about him other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition to the private sector. They had no relationship. Well, Google existed back in 2014, I noticed. So again, the elite class, they, they hobnob with one another, not because they're having honest disagreements in which they're trying to hash out solutions, but because very often they sympathize with one another and they see each other as members of the same class. From Epstein Island to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, they're members of the same group. This is, again, when people say the Uniparty or the Blob, or they say that there's a group of people who really don't care very much about you, but they care very much about maintaining that seat at the round table at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. This is what people are saying. This is what they mean. And this is the alien, again, when all power, it was just a bunch of schmucks getting together in Washington, D.C. to pat each other on the back, and they didn't have power over your life, I wouldn't care, and you wouldn't care. We might make fun of them. And presumably that'll be the Met Gala. But when they actually have power over your life, then you start to say, wait, hold up a second. Hold up a second. Not seeing a lot of truck drivers in that room. Not seeing a lot of school teachers in that room. Not seeing a lot of cops in that room. I am seeing a bunch of people who sympathize with each other very largely on the most controversial issues of the day and who see the rest of, the, of America as sort of a group of rubes. And they're willing to joke about it. And just one second, we'll get to the fact that, again, this press contingent that is that is in Joe Biden's pocket, they're hiding the fact that Joe Biden is actually extremely, extremely weak as a candidate. We'll get to that momentarily first. Starting out looking for a job, it can be really tough because, you know, like, how do you make your resume strong? How do you make sure that the right people actually even see that resume? ZipRecruiter can make that happen for you. You can actually make sure the right people see your resume. And if you're an employer and you're looking for a great employee, ZipRecruiter can help you sift through those thousands of submissions. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology helps you find the most qualified candidates for a wide variety of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Let ZipRecruiter help you find the best people for all of your roles. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. We've been using it here at Daily Wire for years. It's how we're constantly upgrading our employee base. You should do the same thing. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire and give it a try for free. Well, folks, you've heard me talk about Jeremy's Razors. That's our answer to woke companies that hate your values but gladly take your cash. I'm here to remind you, we are more than just a razor company. We have a great line of men's staples. Behold! We are talking hair, body, skin care, and yes, beard care. I've got the hair and body line with me right now. Check that out. Let me tell you, these are not just great products that align with your values. They are high quality and made with natural ingredients. There's the tea tree and argan oil-infused shampoo and conditioner. They've got the exfoliating charcoal body wash. They smell great. They'll keep your hair, body, and conscience clean. You won't be giving your money to leftist companies that hate your guts. They're also 100% sulfate-free, paraben-free, woke-free, made right here in the United States of America. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com. Kick woke companies out of your bathroom today. 
Okay, meanwhile, the fact is that Joe Biden needs the blob because the blob helps defend him against the fact that he's an awfully weak candidate, like a very, very weak candidate. So they're now trotting out Bernie Sanders as a surrogate. This is how far left the Democratic Party has moved, that Bernie Sanders, who is a nutcase socialist, who has been useless for his entire adult life, this guy is now like their best surrogate. Here's Bernie Sanders, crazed socialist loon bag from Vermont. You're one year older than President Biden. Is his age something that voters should consider in 2024? If you believe in democracy, you want to see more people vote, not fewer people vote, I think the choice is pretty clear. And that choice is Biden. And second of all, what I do believe is the Democrats and the president have got to be stronger on working class issues. They've got to make it clear that we believe in a government that represents all, not just the few. Take on the greed of the insurance companies, the drug companies, Wall Street, all the big money interest and start delivering for working class people. You do that, I think Biden's going to win in a landslide. By the way, it is amazing how, you know, look, Bernie Sanders' appeal is entirely the same appeal that I'm making when I talk about the White House Correspondence Center. And he's saying they're a group of elite people and they live out there and they really agree with each other's values and they're not fighting for the working man, right? That, that's Bernie Sanders' stick. Now, he then uses that in order to push forward Joe Biden, who is part of the blob. I mean, Bernie is an adjunct member of the blob. He just pretends that he's not. He's been living off government largesse literally for as long as he has been 18 or older. But, He's trying to prop up Joe Biden. And here's the thing. Joe Biden requires being propped up because he is falling over. I mean, literally. So over the weekend, he had some sort of college sports team that was going to give him like a jersey and a helmet. You he started randomly walking away, like just randomly into the crowd. He doesn't know where the hell he is. And here's Joe Biden. He's being handed uh, a jersey. They're trying to give him a football and a helmet. Everybody's like, where are you going, Joe? Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. Well, bye, gu- goodbye. Goodbye. See you, see you later. I don't know. Everybody's like, where is he going? Where's that guy going? He's like, I need oatmeal. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's voters can't even explain why they like him. So Martha Raddatz had a very awkward exchange on ABC's This Week with, um, with a random, very uh, colorfully haired person talking about uh, Joe Biden. She was very enthusiastic about Joe Biden. She could not explain why. Despite having voted for Biden last time, 21-year-old Elena Symes couldn't point me to anything that would make her want to vote for him again, except... What do you like about Joe Biden? Awkward. Crickets. <laughs> um, uh, that he's not Trump. That would be it. That would be the only thing. Right. This is why Donald Trump, you know, as the nominee in 2024, understand that that is the main appeal of Joe Biden. It always was the main appeal of Joe Biden, but it ain't going to be enough because Joe Biden is a terrible, terrible president, which is why RFK Jr. is now RFK Jr. By the way, he has said some things about the covid vax that are true and he's been censored for it. But also he says crazy stuff about vaccines like all the time. He's been on the on the train of vaccines cause autism based on a completely false study for literally decades. He's an environmental nutcase. Okay, and, but it doesn't matter because right now he's the only person who has really declared who has any name recognition in the Democratic primaries outside of Joe Biden. And he's currently pulling close to one fifth of the Democratic vote. According to certain polls, he's pulling at 19 percent, 19. And again, RFK Jr. has been a wild nutbag for like his entire adult life, his entire political career. Now, here's, here he was with Piers Morgan talking about the vaccinations and actually sounding not quite as crazy as many members of the left sound these days. You've been opposed to vaccines now for a long time, very heavily critical of the COVID vaccine. That's not true. Well, you're not, you're not, not, you're not, you're not a vaccine denier, but you are a very, very skeptical, very public voice of skepticism about the efficacy of vaccines. Would that be fair? What I've said is vaccines, I'm not anti-vaccine. I think vaccines should be subject to the same level of rigorous testing as other medications. And that is the only thing, my only position. Listen, I fought to get mercury out of fish for 40 years yeah. and nobody called me any fish. I'm not any vaccines just because I want safe vaccines. And I think everybody wants safe vaccines. And as we all now recognize, the COVID vaccines were neither safe nor effective. Well, that- Now, by the way, I mean, RFK Jr., again, as I say, the guy is wild. RFK Jr., for, for, I understand that a lot of Republicans who are rooting for him because they don't like Joe Biden. And it's kind of funny because he isn't going to win the nomination. So it's funny to watch somebody who is completely a loon. I mean, RFK Jr. is a loon out there winning 20% of the Democratic vote. Here's why I say he's a loon. It's not because of the COVID vac stuff. The reason he's a loon is because he literally suggested 
that the measles vaccine was causing a, quote, holocaust. Okay, that was back in like 2015. He has has talked about, for example, the idea that Hugo Chavez was like a wonderful, wonderful leader. (laughs) He's he's a nutcase, RFK Jr. He, He suggested that Charles Koch, quote, should be in jail enjoying three hots and a cot at The Hague with all the other war criminals. And that anybody who disagrees with him about global warming is, quote, a contemptible human being. And he wished there was a law that you could punish them under. Like, so that's who RFK, he called the Cato Institute, the Heritage Foundation, American Legislative Exchange Council, Americans for Prosperity, pretty much every conservative institution, quote, front groups that are, quote, snake pits for sociopaths. This is the person. Uh, and that guy is winning like 19% against Joe Biden right now. He is super duper weak. So. Joe Biden has a strategy. His strategy is make sure that you got the press in your pocket. He's got that. And then he's going to try the same exact routine that Barack Obama tried in 2012 and Hillary Clinton tried in 2016, except with the, the sort of added benefit of he, he is hoping that he's running against Donald Trump. So the, Donald, the, the, the Barack Obama strategy in 2012 was different than in 2008. In 08, Obama's strategy was, I'm going to run a, unifi- a unity campaign. No red states, no blue states, just the United States. And then by 2012, it was like, nope. We all hate each other. I got my group over here. My group over here. That'll be a lot of minorities, a lot of young people, some college-educated white ladies. And altogether, we're going to overcome the white people who back Mitt Romney. That's going to be our campaign. You got Joe Biden out there being like, yeah, Mitt Romney's going to put you all back in chase. It's the black people, right? That was the campaign in 2012. In 2016, Hillary tried to run that exact same campaign. Right? Donald Trump is backed by the deplorables, right? That, that, was, that was her routine. And she lost. And then Trump made himself really unpopular between 2016 and 2020. And then he lost to Joe Biden, who ran a very similar campaign to what Hillary ran in 2016. So he's going to do that again in 2024. He is going to essentially run a campaign rooted in the base, and he's going to hope that independents break for him. The reason he can do that is because there is a wide divide now. The middle of the country is fairly small. There's a very wide divide between Republicans and Democrats on the key issues of the day. So there's an interesting pullout from NBC News showing wide political polarization on a range of social issues. So Do you want government to promote greater respect for traditional social and moral values? 65% of Republicans say yes. 27% of Democrats say yes. Do you want government to encourage greater tolerance of people with different lifestyles and backgrounds? 66% of Democrats say yes. Only 18% of Republicans say yes. Our country needs to do more to increase social justice. 66% of Democrats, yes. 21% of Republicans, no. I mean, yes. 21% of Republicans, yes. Our country needs to reduce political correctness and cancel culture. 67% of Republicans, yes. 19% of Democrats, yes. You believe we have gone too far promoting LGBTQ lifestyles in our culture. 70% of Republicans, yes. 12% of Democrats, yes. 60% of Democrats think that the country needs to become more tolerant and accepting of LGBTQIA plus minus divided by sign. 10% of Republicans agree. How about independents? Independents are fairly split. 49% of independents pick traditional values, 41% side with greater tolerance, which means that Joe Biden's section of the of the aisle is actually smaller among independents than the conservative section of the aisle. But he is hoping that if Republicans run somebody polarizing, namely Donald Trump, that he will be able to overcome all of that. And meanwhile, he will get out his base. This is why he's going increasingly radical on a wide variety of issues, particularly on sexual orientation and on race. Again, when it, when it comes to, for example, the country going, have we gone far enough or too far or not far enough in accepting quote-unquote trans issues? Among independents, 50% of independents say society's gone too far. Only 36% say that society hasn't gone far enough, which means that independents side with Republicans on the issues. But that's not what Biden is hoping for. He, he is banking. I mean, he's purely banking on Donald Trump being the nominee because he's, what he's hoping is the base gets out and independents break for me because they hate Trump. Same formula as in 2020 which is the only reason why they continue to push forward extraordinarily radical policies with regard to LGBTQ plus IA divided by sign. It's also why it's idiotic for Republicans, by the way, to compromise on these issues. They're actually winning these issues with independence. And the media, doing the bidding of the Democratic Party, have decided they're just going to go full bore. So Chuck Todd, for example, he had on Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running for president on the Republican side of the aisle, and he starts using kind of typical far-left gender ideology rhetoric to suggest there are more than two genders. 
But below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers you're, you're for the purpose of that, gender transition. But how do you know it's that? Again, how do you know, are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, as binary as you're describing it, are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I am. Uh, you know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a, a man. There's a lot of so scientific a research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. I, I just love it. So Vic does a great job here. What I love is that Chuck Todd is just mirroring the far left priorities of the Democratic Party because independents don't even like that stuff. That's what's truly amazing here. Independents don't even like that stuff. So Joe Biden is banking on the media backing him and independents breaking for him because Trump is the nominee. That is his basic strategy. And so he's doubling down and doubling down and doubling down on the most radical parts of his agenda for the 2024 election. So again, the Democratic Party, they're just going to keep doubling down on the radicalism here, which is why they are now promoting as hero of the Republic, Zoe Zephyr, who's a dude in Montana who says that he is a lady. This means that you are going to make all sorts of news because Zoe Zephyr went on the floor of the Montana House and suggested that all of his fellow legislators had blood on their hands for not wanting to do the literal thing that puts blood on their hands. You don't generally mutilate the kids. Here was Zoe Zephyr saying, being trans means freedom. We have to ban, you can't ban gender affirming care that's cruel and inhumane and unconstitutional, says the man. What does being trans mean to you, Zoe? Does trans mean? Being trans mean is like I it's like coming home into myself. Oh my God. I am now I feel fully in resonance with my own body and I am able to move forward with a life that would not have been possible prior to transition. A life full of joy, a life where I can for the first time be myself and you know, have that pursuit of happiness that our country is founded on. I get that now. It's true. The Declaration of Independence was founded on the idea that dudes can cut off their own junk and then pretend to be ladies. That is what the Declaration of an. Just ask John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson told, man, if you could go back in time, and just ask those dudes about that. They'd have been like, yeah, freedom to be a lady. That's what we are all about here. Zephyr, of course, is, is hero of the Republic today because, again, Zephyr is uh, one of the Democrats have decided that cosplaying civil rights revolutions is the way that you're going to win future elections. So here's Zephyr with uh, Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC doing the same routine. Now that Senate Bill 99 has been signed into law, what does this mean for transgender minors and the LGBT community in Montana? So it's important to note that this bill doesn't go into effect until October 1st, and we're going to do everything in our power to stop this bill. There will be court challenges, and ultimately, like bills across the country, it will get defeated in, in these courts. We know they, these bills are un, as unconstitutional as they are cruel. They're cruel and unconstitutional. You know, you know what sounds even more cruel is uh, the boyfriend of Montana Representative Zoe Zephyr, who is apparently another transgender woman, being a man who believes that he is the one. So there are two gay men who both believe they are women, apparently. Uh, apparently, Aaron Reed is an infamous trans activist on TikTok who posts videos about how children can get access to hormones. So this, this is what kind of, these are, these are the heroes. These are the heroes of, of the Republic. Chelsea Clinton, by the way, is now joining the battle. So Chelsea Clinton, who, again, has never earned her way through a single day of work, uh, she tweeted out, over 50% of the attempted book bans last year involved books with LGBTQ plus characters and themes. Books are a vital way that children, adolescents, and adults learn about themselves and our world. Bans such as these are nothing but harmful. So uh, I'm just going to point out at this point that no one has banned books for adults. We have all attempted to stop children. from, Like, gender queer is, there's actual cartoons in this book of gay boys giving each other blowjobs. That's what Chelsea Clinton wants. I mean, that Clinton last name, I guess. It, that's what Chelsea Clinton wants kids to be reading. And this is what Democrats are going to run on. This is why it would be so foolish for Republicans to abandon the social issues. Asa Hutchinson apparently wants to do that. Asa Hutchinson was going after Ron DeSantis for going to war with Disney. This is a really good litmus test for Republican voters. If a candidate says that they side with Disney over Ron DeSantis, on the question of whether Disney should get special tax breaks, benefits, a special tax district, subsidies from the state, and then turn around and use all of that largesse in order to indoctrinate small children in sexual orientation and gender identity. I don't think I want that person as the nominee. Here is Asa Hutchinson, who has no shot at the nomination. As a small government conservative, which you just repeated here, what's your take on leaders in your party, Ron DeSantis among them? 
who are actively using the government to change social policy and wage culture wars? Well, let's be more specific about Disney. I don't like what Disney said uh, about the legislation that I would have supported in Florida, but it's not the role of government to punish a business when you disagree with what they're saying or a position that they take. Well, is it the role of business to, in, in absolutely ultra-crepidarian fashion, speaking outside their purview, go after sexual indoctrination of children and take tax benefits at the same time? I didn't realize that Disney had a right to its own tax benefits, but this is you know, presumably going to be the fight that Democrats want to wage. Meanwhile, on the race fight, same sort of thing. So that NBC News poll, by the way, showed that some 59% of Americans say that America's a racist country, which is why presumably Joe Biden is going to double down on that come the campaign. It's why they've decided to make cosplay civil rights heroes out of Tennessee State Representatives Justin Pearson and Justin Jones. Those are the Tennessee legislators who, again, went on the floor of the Tennessee State House and yelled in bullhorns and violated all the rules and then got expelled from the from the chamber before they're reinstated by their local city councils or whatever. Here was Tennessee State Representative Justin Pearson saying the status quo is propping up white supremacy and patriarchy, he said, from his position of extraordinary cultural power because the media love him so. You and your generation and people like you and Zoe Zephyr and Maxwell Frost, you're not afraid to break the China. Ah, so much we heroism. have to realize that we are in a really important moment in the movement, uh, not just in a moment. And for our entire generation, which recognizes that the opportunity that we have cannot be wasted by going along with the status quo as usual. The status quo has propped up white supremacy and patriarchy and injustice. Man, this dude is such a bad actor. He's such a bad actor, but he's, again, new hero of the public. So watch for Joe Biden to run his campaign the same way Barack Obama did in 2012, Hillary in 2016, Biden in 2012. It's the same campaign over and over. American society is racist and terrible and bigoted and homophobic and all the rest of it. Vote for me. And then hope that Republicans run somebody really, really unpopular. That's got to be his only campaign because he can't run on the economy. He cannot run on the economy. Over the weekend, First Republic Bank was seized and sold to J.P. Morgan. So according to the Wall Street Journal, regulators seized First Republic Bank. They struck a deal to sell the bulk of its operations to J.P. Morgan. Morgan said it will assume all of First Republic's $92 billion in deposits, insured and uninsured. It's also buying most of the bank's assets, including about $173 billion in loans and $30 billion in securities. As part of the agreement, the FDIC is going to share losses with J.P. Morgan on First Republic's loans. The agency estimated its insurance fund would take a hit of about $13 billion. That means you. J.P. Morgan also said it would receive $50 billion in financing from the FDIC. And this would be the second largest bank to fail in American history. It lost $100 million in deposits in March following a run rooted again on Silicon Valley Bank. And that was rooted on the fact that the Joe Biden administration created 40-year inflation and then had to jack up those interest rates in order to jack down the inflation. By the way, the inflation is not over yet. Apparently, the Federal Reserve is still considering, again, more interest rate increases, which it must, because they've got another problem. And their bigger problem right now is that if those in, if that inflation rate continues to be six, seven, eight percent, this is going to get baked into the American economy beyond repair. Wages are going to continue their decline. Apparently, the Federal Reserve's balance sheet is loaded with bonds purchased to support the economy during the crisis. It might currently be insulating Wall Street from the effects of its interest rate policy. So in other words, the Federal Reserve bought its own bonds in order to inflate the currency. And so now they'll take the hit, which means higher taxes for you later or more inflation later. But maybe they'll stop it right now. I mean, it's all just it's just garbage, which is why, according to Tyler Durden, writing for Zero Hedge, the U.S. recession probability has now reached 67 percent. Very, very, very high possibility of a serious recession. Assuming the Fed follows through on hiking federal funds raised by another quarter point next week, the probability of official recession will continue to rise. So get ready for it. This is what Joe Biden has brought you. He's brought you an actual recession. And meanwhile, Joe Biden apparently wants to exacerbate that by not even negotiating over the GOP debt ceiling proposal. James Clyburn, who is a House leader and a close ally of the Biden administration, he says that the debt limit bill that was passed by Republicans in the House, which essentially cut Spending, and by, by cut spending, I mean to 2022 levels with a 1% increase year over year. That apparently is too radical for James Clyburn and Joe Biden to even negotiate. They think that this will force President Biden to come to the negotiating table. Does it? Absolutely not. That bill is going to get over to the Senate. In fact, it may die somewhere around Statuary Hall before it ever <laughs> gets over to the Senate. Uh, so it will be dead on arrival. It's set on arrival. They're not even going to negotiate in the middle of an economic downturn. Slow clap for these geniuses. They're doing an amazing, amazing job. All righty, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. 
a white council person in Indiana is now identifying as female and black. And it is hilarious to watch the media attempt to take this seriously. Because remember, they what the media would prefer right now is to pretend that a man can become a woman, but that a black person can't become white and a white person can't become black. So they say that even though race is less a biological component of human existence with way fuzzier boundaries than, for example, sex, sex is completely dichotomous in human and all mammalian biology, they want to pretend a man can become a woman, but a white man can't become a black man. But here is a white man who says he is a black woman. And now the media are forced to actually treat this idiocy with respect. So I love it. Consequences for your own stupid ideas. Here is uh, the Indiana media coverage. A councilman is coming out as a transgender, as transgender and a woman of color. Delaware County Councilman Ryan Webb announced that he now identifies as an Indian American woman. Since that announcement, he's received some support, but a lot of backlash, many calling him childish, despicable, even calling for things like execution. In a statement Webb gave to IT Mate, he says, quote, it is unfortunate that I cannot simply be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. It's possible I may change my mind down the road. The process of identity exploration is complex, and oftentimes at the end of our personal journey, we end right back where we started. Webb goes on to tell IT Mate this is just his true, authentic self. Okay, so the entire left is like, this is not legitimate. This is terrible. How could he do such a thing? Well, I don't, I don't think you get to use he. She. She said that she was an Indian American woman of color. And so you will respect the pronouns. You will respect the pronouns. According to the UK Daily Mail, a white Republican councilman in Indiana had sparked outrage after jokingly declaring himself a lesbian woman of color in a Facebook post made earlier this month. The announcement sparked outrage from people calling Webb pathetic and for his perceived mockery of LGBT groups as well as marginalized groups. Charlize Jameson, a transgender resident, said his words not only embarrass himself, but you, the county council. Other members have now called him out for inciting hate against transgender people. How could they? He is one of them. I don't understand. Why is this Why is this a problem? Webb first shared his true self with the world on April 12th. He said, whew, that finally felt good to get out that out there and start living my life as my true self. I'm excited to bring some diversity to the county council. Until today, we didn't have any females of color or LGBTQIA PC++ on the council. I'm glad that we do now. He said he will still go by Ryan. He will still keep his pronouns, he, him. But in this, this will in no way diminish my true identity as a woman of color, he says. In a later edit, he doubled down on his statements, declaring himself the first lesbian woman of color in the county council's history. He says, it has come to my attention. I'm more than likely the very first lesbian woman of color in the history of Delaware County to ever serve on the Delaware County Council. I'm honored to be the one to shatter that glass ceiling. Hashtag girl power. And people are very angry. Very, very angry. Why are you angry, guys? I understand. This beautiful woman is just coming out as who she is. How dare you? How dare you? Dana Black, host of the Turn Left podcast, said, I'm hoping this individual is not making a mockery of what it means to be more in a marginalized community. I have a feeling that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry that um, your own stupid ideas came back to bite you directly on the ass. Now, I do have to demonstrate to you how far we have come as a society. So here is a clip. This is from the show, The Doctors, a few years back. And it featured a person who called themselves trans blind. Her name is Jewel. I mean, it's a horrifying story. Trans blind is a person who felt that they were a, a blind person in a sighted body. And so she blinded herself with cleaning fluid. Now watch as the doctors, again, this is on a, a network news, a network daytime show. Watch as the doctors explain that this is horrible and actually morally evil. Here we go. I believe I should have been born blind and I'm happy the way I am. I do have some regrets about the way I did it, but I'm ha in the end, I'm happy the way I am. Dr. Phil, I, with all due respect to Jewel, but I am having a really hard time, really hard time sitting so close to someone who traumatized herself, who damaged herself. We took an oath in medicine to help people. We see horrible tragedies every single day as doctors and people who would give anything to go back and restore their vision, their health. 
My heart is beating out of my chest. I can't even make sense of the emotions I'm feeling because to hear someone say, I've, I've always felt I should be blind. Well, I've always felt I should be the Queen of England, but I'm not going out to become the Queen of England. And there's the, the crowd clapping. It's just a few years ago, guys. Now, if that woman had said, I always felt like a man, so I sewed a fake penis onto myself, the entire crowd would be like, oh, hero. Hero of the Republic. That's a man. Or maybe we've all gone crazy. And our society is insane because we've lost all objective standards of truth, knowledge, right and wrong. And we've decided that subjective happiness as defined by the person in the moment is the only thing that matters. Well, there are consequences to that. The consequences are you have to accept all of this. You have to depend on all of this is good and decent. Do that at same exact segment now. And I dare somebody to say what that doctor says on Dr. Phil right there. No one would say, you couldn't get that same doctor to say that same exact thing about the same exact person today. It would just be too awkward. You can't do it. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, so thing that I hate today. It is amazing how the media are capable of changing a narrative that is clearly about illegal immigration into a narrative about guns. So there is a horrific story over the weekend in which a 38-year-old illegal immigrant named Francisco Oropesa started shooting at a random family. Okay, apparently, here is what happened. Apparently, he shot and killed five Honduran nationals after one of them complained of him firing a rifle outside shortly before fr midnight on Friday night. Of the 10 people living at the home at the time of the shooting, five are now dead. The five de decedents are aged 31, 25, 21, 18, and eight. The eight-year-old boy reportedly died at the hospital. The four other victims were found dead at the scene. And then this person fled. He's considered armed and dangerous. So the original story, as sort of reported by the media, is that there was a Texas man and he was shooting in his backyard and people confronted him about shooting a gun in his backyard and he proceeded to murder five people. That's not the actual story here. The actual story is, you know how many per times this person has now been deported? According to Breitbart, immigration officers deported the Mexican man wanted in connection to Friday night's alleged murder of 500 nationals on three occasions. The most, removal the most recent removal came in 2016. San Jacinto County Sheriff Greg Capers told Breitbart, Texas on Sunday, U.S. ICE officers deported this shooter, a Mexican national now wanted for the five alleged murders, three separate times. Three times. And this person ended up back in the United States murdering five people. The media, of course, pretended that none of this occurred. Virtually every headline featuring this shooting in Texas that left five dead, Virtually every single thing left, left out the illegal immigrant background. So I'm just going to read you a series of headlines. Quote, five dead in Texas shooting, armed suspect on the loose. That's Reuters. NBC News. Authorities say they have zero leads in manhunt for suspects who allegedly killed five neighbors in Texas. The Independent. Francisco Oropesa still at large as Governor Abbott slammed for illegal immigrants comment. So Governor Abbott pointed out this is an illegal immigrant. He shouldn't have been in the country in the first place. Thanks, federal government. And people are mad at him for saying that. ABC News, five dead in Texas, execution-style shooting. Suspect armed with AR-15 is on loose. Ah, it's the AR-15. The AR-15 is obviously the problem. Not the illegal immigration system that has allowed this person to illegally cross the border three separate times in order to murder five people in the United States. The media can turn anything into the narrative that they, sh that they so choose. It is perfectly obvious this is a story about illegal immigration. It's a person who crossed the border. He's a criminal. Crossed the border three separate times, ended up in the United States, committed a horrific crime. Is that about the gun or is that about the person? Meanwhile, in an attempt to avoid you know, any real headline about illegal immigration, I have to say the great irony of Democrats complaining about illegal immigrants arriving in their city, it's amazing. So according to WTTW.com, which is a PBS offshoot, Chicago is now facing a humanitarian crisis amid a renewed surge of migrants from the southern border. The Chicago City Council will soon be asked to spend $53 million from the city's budget surplus to care for the thousands of people who have already made their way to Chicago, according to city officials. More than 8,100 people, most of them from Central and South America, have arrived in Chicago since August 31st. That is when Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent the first bus of migrants to Chicago, according to a letter Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent to the city council on Friday, acknowledging that once again the city's shelter system is bursting at the seams. That has forced dozens of men, women, and children to sleep on the floor of police stations across the city while they wait for beds, according to officials. Immigrants who arrive by plane are also sleeping at O'Hare. Lori Lightfoot is really mad about it. Alderman Brian Sigcho Lopez of the 25th Ward says, this is inhumane. 
Officials are saying we're using every tool in our toolbox. They're begging Greg Abbott not to send more illegal immigrants to Chicago. Yeah, it's all fun and games when tens of thousands of people are arriving every single month on the southern border in the United States and then being let loose into Texas cities. The minute they arrive in Chicago, it's a humanitarian crisis. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You guys all vote for the administration that likes the open border. Deal with it. Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be having on artist Tom McDonald. Should be spicy. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 